You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain. .tv slash gold. Right, folks. So in a technocracy, remember, it is the science of social engineering and the systematic control over the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. Well, to be able to have control over the distribution of goods and services, you have to have control over every transaction. And so maybe unlike your debit card or your credit card, where maybe, let's just pretend, the big banks aren't sharing your information uh, with each other. In this system, it's all tracked on the blockchain. So what could be written into this ledger could also be tracked by artificial intelligence via whoever is in control of the system. Because, as I said, with CBDC, there will be only one clearinghouse. That will be the central bank. And so certain trans transactions i look at it like this let's say for instance you take the medical coding system i don't know the last i looked this is back under affordable care act the obamacare there was like sixty thousand medical codes so when you go into the hospital and you get a suture you know you get um, stitches in your knee there could be 12 different codes like it was the top of the knee the bottom of the knee the right side of the knee that's code one two six four five seven and this is how they do all of the medical billing Well, in this particular case, every product and every service could be coded. Now, if you remember back to the original Technocracy Incorporated documents we were covering here out of 1933, they talked about, I believe this was a 1938 document, the Energy Certificate, they talked about creating a Dewey Decimal-like system, Dewey Decimal system. Okay, for every type of product. So if you have a leather shoe that's brown with three laces and a rubber sole with cleats, you know, that is identified sort of like a UPC code on a product in a store or now with QR codes. Right. So that's what happens is they can tag every service and every product with sort of a Dewey Decimal system. And then based on the artificial intelligence algorithms, on any given day for whatever reason, whether it's social score because you uh, were speeding on your scooter down the street or you blew a red light or maybe you used too much energy this month on your electric bill, whatever it may be, you may be penalized. And then you go to the store and you can't buy sugar. They say, well, we know that you're fat. You're not allowed to buy sugar. Or we know you ate too much cheese this month. You're not allowed to buy cheese. See, everything is tracked on this blockchain ledger. And whoever's in charge of it actually has access to all of this information, all of this data, as Yuval Noah Harari has said. Those who control the data are the gods of the new era, right? We know that to be true, folks. All right, let's just look at Ethereum and numbers again. We're still at Ethereum.org. Ethereum and numbers, it says 2,970 projects have been built on Ethereum. Uh, 71 million plus accounts or wallets with an ETH balance. So uh, that would be 71 million plus 
crypto wallets, like Coinbase wallet, uh, have Ethereum in them, or ETH, their token. 50.5 million smart contracts on Ethereum. $11.6 trillion value moved through the Ethereum network in 2021. $3.5 billion creator earnings on Ethereum in 2021. 935,000 number of transactions today. And so this continues to go on, okay? Let, let, let's just look at this one other part here. Uh, what can I do with ETA, uh, ETH coins? Okay, these, these are Ethereum tokens. Turns out a lot of things. One of the most prominent usages of Ethereum technology is decentralized finance, DeFi, DeFi, that opens entire areas of banking services to anybody with an internet connection. You can use your Ether as a collateral to take out loans or provide liquidity to earn interest on your funds. And remember, decentralized finance, DeFi, because we're going to get into that in a little bit. And it says here, who runs Ethereum? Ethereum is not controlled by any one entity. It exists solely through the decentralized participation and cooperation of the community. Ethereum makes use of nodes, a computer with a copy of the Ethereum blockchain data run by volunteers to replace individual server and cloud systems owned by major internet providers and services. These distributed nodes run by individuals and businesses all over the world provide resiliency to the Ethereum network infrastructure. It is therefore much less vulnerable to hacks or shutdowns. Since its launch in 2015, Ethereum has never suffered downtime. There are thousands of individual nodes running Ethereum network. This makes Ethereum one of the most decentralized cryptocurrencies out there, second only to Bitcoin. Now, Remember this, folks. Remember this because I told you. Peter Thiel funds this guy, Buterin, in 2014. He goes and he's working on Ethereum with a few partners, including Joseph Lubin. All right. This is very important. So Thiel funds Buterin, credited as the founder of Ethereum in 2013. Thiel funds him in 2014. He works on this, and they launch in 2015. All right, so Peter Thiel funds the launch of this. Does it sound complicated to you? Yes, it's very complicated. Does it sound like a couple of nerds built this? Uh, I don't believe so, but many, many do. All right, let me just talk about this quickly because it'll come up in the next few shows. What are smart contracts? Smart contracts are simply computer programs living on the Ethereum blockchain. They only execute when triggered by a transaction from a user or another contract. They make Ethereum very flexible in what it can do and distinguish it from other cryptocurrencies. These programs are what we now call decentralized apps or dApps. Have you ever used a product that changed its terms of service or removed a feature you found useful? Once a smart contract is published to Ethereum, it will be online and operational for as long as Ethereum exists. Not even the author can take it down. Since smart contracts are automated, they do not discriminate against any user or are always ready to use. Popular examples of smart contracts are lending apps, decentralized trading exchanges, insurance, insurance crowdfunding apps, basically anything you can think of all right so again you see how complex this is 
And we're supposed to believe between 2013 and 2015 on a $100,000 Theo Fellowship, this guy Buterin in partnership with his other partners put this all together. And now it is basically backing NFTs. I told you non-fungible tokens. It's backing metaverse, second life communities. I mean, all kinds of stuff, folks, all kinds of stuff. And we're supposed to believe it just was just put together in a couple of years, and then it starts growing organically, right? Organically. But remember, feel behind Buterin who created this world. Now, to many of us, including me, this is so complex. I mean, for us to sit around and figure out how to create a business or do something productive with this, you'd have to spend a year, two years of your life just trying to understand this. But... They are building it. This is what I'm telling you. This is the technocracy. This is the culture. It's here. It's being built. There isn't money behind this energy, creativity, uh, professionals working on it day in and day out because it's not going to happen. And where is the resistance to this? And even if you and I reject using CBDC, as we already know, through Howard Scott, the founder of Technocracy Incorporated, really the guy who brought technocracy into the mainstream, as he said, the engineers will just engineer you into using the technology they want you to use. They will socially engineer you by forcing you. If they all wanted us to get 10G phones tomorrow and we didn't want to, they would just make everything under 10G useless and then tell you to go turn in your phone to get a discount on a 10G phone. And then either you'll be without a phone or you'll have to get a 10G phone. And if you say you're going to be without a phone, then you're not going to have access to, let's say, everything that goes digital. So if you want to still do banking, if that exists, and Chase Bank or Wells Fargo or Bank of America, whoever you use, says, well, you have to use our app, well, then all of a sudden you need a phone. So they drive you in. They socially engineer you in by forcing you in. And when they have a control, a monopoly over this entire system, all these different sectors, all these markets, they can easily uh, push you into it. All right, I'm moving away from the ethereum.org website for now. I just want to remind you, we talked about him yesterday up on the screen. I have the Wikipedia article, and this is Joseph Lubin, a Canadian-American entrepreneur. He has co-founded and co uh, he has founded and co-founded several companies, including the Swiss-based Eth Suisse, contributing heavily to Ethereum, the decentralized cryptocurrency platform. Lubin is founder of Consensus, a Brooklyn-based software production studio. In February 2018, Forbes estimated Lubin's net worth in cryptocurrency to be between one and five billion dollars in early 2014 lubin was a co-founder of ethereum and served as chief operating officer of ethereum switzerland gmbh a company working to extend the capabilities of the type of blockchain technology first popularized by bitcoin and extend the capabilities of the blockchain to store programs in addition to data as well as facilitate verify or enforce the negotiation of performance of smart contracts the new generation of distributed crypto Secure databases with smart contract functionality has been referred to as blockchain 2.0. Lubin was also involved in the creation of the Ethereum Foundation. He subsequently uh, founded 
Consensus in 2015, which is a decentralized blockchain production studio. It develops software mainly for the Ethereum blockchain system. It also provides decentralized software services to companies. They also do enterprise and government consulting. Lubin has been personally involved in cross-industry groups attempting to advance solutions to governance issues in the blockchain industry. Lubin graduated from Princeton University with a degree in electrical engineering and computer science and worked with Goldman Sachs. Lubin's roommate at Princeton was Michael Novogratz. Now, I covered that yesterday, so I just went through this uh, in a speedy Gonzalez kind of way for you because I'm just laying the foundation as we move forward. But remember, Joseph Lubin was partners with Buterin who was the founder of Ethereum in 2013. Peter Thiel steps in in 2014, gives Buterin $100,000 to work on Ethereum. They launch Ethereum in 2015. And then this guy, Joseph Lubin, he goes out and he founds this company, Consensus, which we're about to get into because this is all very important, folks. If we want to figure out where the hell this is going, when it's coming, how it's going to be rolled out, we have to start to look at the players, the technology, the technologists that are behind this we know the purpose that it serves the purpose that it serves is a central bank digital currency that can be tracked that can be monitored and that they can prevent you from buying and selling goods at any time they want ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust to gold with the dust to gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, and I am Dustin Gold. All right, folks, so you have a quick understanding there of uh, Ethereum. Uh, you understand where it came from. You understand that Peter Thiel is behind this. You understand that Joseph Lubin is involved he goes out to form this company consensus we're going to be getting into this i want to show you what they're working on and so right here let me just show you over at bis.org that's bank for international settlements i found a video over here cfi that's c-e-f-i so that's centralized finance to defi uh, decentralized finance can global finance be de-reconstructed all right, and so this features Joseph Lubin in it. So this is from the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Summit 2021. I haven't watched this yet, but we are probably going to review it on the show, along with a couple other videos that I'm going through. This is uh, Central Bank Digital Currencies for Financial Inclusion, Risks and Rewards out of the International Monetary Fund. And then we also have this video, which is the Central Bank Digital Currencies. This is from the World Economic Forum, uh, published a uh, few months ago. So I am in the process of going through these videos here. So we see Joseph Lubin sitting on a panel on Bank for International Settlements. I have him tied into them in several other ways that we'll eventually get into on this show. 
We're over at UN.org. That's the United Nations. This is Sustainable Development Goals. And we have Joseph Lubin here. It says a conversation with Joseph Lubin, founder, consensus uh, moderator, Susan Myers, senior vice president, United Nations Foundation. This is blockchain technology is already transforming how the world is working to deliver on global goals. Hear from consensus founder, Ethereum, Joseph, and learn about this emerging technology's role in sustainable development. Okay, so we're going to be reviewing this as well because now we have Joseph Lubin uh, tied into in several different ways, Bank for International Settlements and Wide Awake Jim is going to go through all those documents on the show coming up soon. I'm going to get into his ties into the United Nations. And then we have, this is at thrillerbitcoin.com, and I have Joseph Lubin tied into uh, World Economic Forum. I'm going to go through some of this right now. Some of this information is important. It says World Economic Forum has invaded the crypto industry. This is written in July 2021. And so they have a picture up here at the screen. Again, this is thrillerbitcoin.com. And this is an annual meeting 2020 here at the World Economic Forum. It was a discussion panel at Davos 2020 on a pandemic weeks before the world shutdown. Also discussed is how to avoid vaccine hesitancy. Coindesk established on Wednesday that it would be working directly with the World Economic Forum at next year's consensus in Austin, Texas. It says, quote, we're excited to see the World economic forums work on crypto come into focus at consensus 2022 end quote said sheila warren member of the executive committee at the world economic forum quote as part of this leading crypto event we'll be convening sessions around our newly formed crypto impact and sustainability accelerator and addressing how environmental social and governance esg you're all familiar with that principles intersect with crypto and blockchain technology end quote now why do Jim will also get into ESGs while he's here on the show. All right, this article goes on to say, at first glance, it was obvious the World Economic Forum had successfully penetrated the crypto industry. But how? We took notice of this and reported back in June when we first noticed a clear interest from them. Trying to find a direct quote, since when, end quote, to the interest in question becomes an enigma. Hopefully for you, we look thoroughly and 2019 would be the year it all began. And so, there's a video up here from uh, 2019, where is blockchain headed? Uh, it says, however, if you are searching for when did the World Economic Forum elite get properly shitcoined, then Davos 2020 is something that should be worth your while, especially because throughout Davos 2020, cryptocurrency was first deeply and seriously discussed, and secondly, Coindesk covered it. All right. And so what they're going through is this timeline where they're saying that World Economic Forum got their hands into um, into cryptocurrency. So they're showing Coindesk uh, that reports on crypto news. Uh, they're reporting at uh, Davos in 2020. Then they also have this Crypto Mountain Rocks Davos. This is decentralized finance. Uh, tokenization, stable coins, DLT, what to expect in 2020. And this says Ethereum co-founder and consensus chief Joe Lubin headlined Crypto Mountain Rocks at Hotel Morasani uh, in Davos 2020. So you have Joseph Lubin tied into World Economic Forum. There's many ties to that as well. So what they're going through in this article here 
is World Economic Forum as they're trying to paint this brush that World Economic Forum has been hijacking cryptocurrency. I say that's not true. The cryptocurrency has always been part of the technocracy. Uh, I mean, by its very nature, it's a digital coin. It is technocracy. Uh, the closest to actually trading between two people without having any interference is bartering. I hand you sausage, you hand me jug of wine. That's pretty much it. Well, this all runs digitally uh, through the internet. So I, I never believed that this was free and clear. The government, I always believed the state was actually behind this. And now that we're starting to see the unveiling of the central banks and the governments behind this stuff, people are saying, oh, they hijacked it. No, folks, it was that was the whole purpose. They were building the infrastructure all along. This comes out of the government. It, it's the same thing. Think about all these politicians that we support time and time again. Trump was my last one, folks. And I've got my Trump pen here right now. There we go. Uh, Trump was my last one that I would support. But how many times are we going to get fooled into backing some guy who's imperfect and we're willing to push those imperfections aside because we want the things that they promise us that align with our values? Okay. And then... When they turn out to be the traitor, that it was very apparent they could be based on their history, their track record, things they've said, we then call them a traitor. Well, they're not a traitor. They are exactly what they were. We just decided to put our blinders on or to uh, forgive them for these horrible things that they did. Well, they turn out to be the Trojan horse that they were all along. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. You know, Trump goes out there, he still promotes the vaccine. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's not a traitor. He is what he is. And so it's the same thing with this. I don't believe cryptocurrency launched as a system designed to fight the system, the central bank system. I believe it was launched for the purpose of looking like it was fighting the government and the central banks, when in fact, it was really just being test piloted and it was building this 10-year, 12-year adoption campaign to the point now where a lot of people know about it, it's in the lexicon, and now all of a sudden the government will lift the veil on the fact that it has control of it. So that's what they're going through here. This timeline, if you're interested in this, it's at thrillerbitcoin.com. You could look this up, and it'll show you all the places where um, the World Economic Forum has gotten its hands into crypto. And again, I just believe this was the case all along. But let, let's take a look here, because it talks a little bit about uh, Joseph Lubin in here. It says, the World Economic Forum had established a global council on cryptocurrencies staring some of the worst shit coiners of our industry in history already some of these faces start looking familiar and shit coiners is a term that the uh that these guys use for basically these uh crappy uh crypto tokens i won't get into that here you can look it up just look up shitcoin uh partially because of their net worth but primarily because of their scandals brad garlinghouse of premier crypto scam ripple kathleen brightman part of one of the biggest crypto scams in history tezos danielle dixon of nonprofit organization stellar galia bernardzi of the hacked banker token and we could carry on and quite frankly this next one has to be a joke because 
because it's, quote, so decentralized, according to the bankless bros, end quote, Marvin Amori of Uniswap. Now, it's clearly understandable why the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, hasn't bothered to contact the creator of Uniswap, Hayden Adams. All the pieces come together and suddenly everything makes sense. Adams is protected by the World Economic Forum. In a world where civilians scream for civil liberties and countries shed blood when fighting for human rights, these people sit at the forefront of the decentralized technology and can quite literally strike society for the better, but instead they use it for their own lucrative objective, which is personal gain. This council is the definition of Nazi capitalism, and so now they have this World Economic Forum bio on Joseph Lubin. It says, this is Joseph Lubin, yes, the co-founder of Ethereum and CEO of Consensus. To prove he has benefited the most from his connections with the World Economic Forum, apart from his great parties. In August 2020, his company Consensus acquired the Quorum platform from J.P. Morgan. Besides Consensus's acquisition of Quorum, J.P. Morgan made a vital investment in Consensus to support its shitcoin mission to launch a more powerful financial infrastructure. That turned out magically because it was so bad for Consensus in 2018 during the bear market. Consensus had to let go of 13% of its staff at the time. Apparently, these were all good moves, and Joe Lubin's eyes since he never has to worry about making cash ever again, all thanks to the World Economic Forum Alliance he has formed since Davos 2020. And so this goes on uh, to show an article here. Consensus raises $65 million to accelerate convergence of traditional and decentralized finance. Okay, so what does this all mean? It appears to be that the World Economic Forum has a great amount of control over Ethereum and other shitcoins in the crypto space. Consequently, any chance of real decentralization is little to zero, little to zero. And I will always make the claim that there is no decentralization. It is just about centralization. All these little apps and all these little ledgers and all these little smart contracts that people think are decentralized are all being tracked. It's all part of a digital system. If I write a contract right here on my typewriter uh, for you to mow my lawn, I give it to you and sign. That is a contract between me and you. No one knows about it. It was typed on a typewriter. Only I have a copy and you have a copy and anyone we share it with. Well, if we do that online, folks, Give me a break. It's tracked. It's stored. It's not protected. It goes on to say, but let's be transparent. It was already an illusion. It all has to do with the fact that all projects, regardless of marketing or what your favorite crypto YouTuber says, everything is a centralized shitcoin with centralized investors and uh, pre-mines. At least we Bitcoiners know this, and we can constantly fighting this internally in our industry. The real problem is mom and dad, and maybe our friends or neighbors that have virtually no idea of what's going on, how they'll get played when these CBDCs roll out. The World Economic Forum will explicitly tell you what they are up to, going as far as to tell you which phase we are in. This is how they, quote, advise, end quote, banking and capital markets. See the example below. And so they have some graphs and charts here, folks. But this is really important stuff, really important. And I'm going to go through this whole article uh, on the next episode. But this was a great piece I found because it's explaining the scam. 
the scam that is this so-called decentralized cryptocurrency, which is really just going to be run by the central banks. Now, the World Economic Forum plays a part in forming the public and private partnerships. I told you many times they are basically the chamber of commerce of the public-private partnerships. But at the end of the day, Bank for International Settlements will be behind this along with the central banks. Folks, when I get back more on this, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.